0: Thanks for joining us and supporting Vickydo Fitness. We ask for your continued support by becoming an It's All About Health and Fitness premium member. Go to www.vickidofitness.com forward slash join. Again, that's www.vickidofitness.com forward slash join and register for a $6 monthly subscription. And remember, Keep listening, sharing, and checking us out. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about the news, news media, and social media. How does the media affect us? Studies show that media influences public opinion And it impacts the choices that we make. The media can manipulate and influence our thoughts. Now that's scary. Even controlling us positively or negatively in ways that affect our mental, physical, and emotional well-being. Joining us is Mark Paco the editor and publisher of the newspaper Metro Monthly and the website www.metromonthly.net. Mark will talk about the history of his paper and how he wants it to continue to have a positive influence on our community here in Northeast Ohio, Youngstown, Ohio. He will also give his perspective on the influences of the news media today. You can pick up a Metro Monthly newspaper in most of the key places here in our area, Youngstown, Ohio. Go and subscribe for the Metro Monthly. You can go and subscribe on www.metromonthly.net. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness.
1: Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicky Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now here's your host, Vicky Doe and D Banks Bright.
0: I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks. Vicki, how are you? <laughs> I am fine and we have guests today. We, D. Do. we do. We have Mark Paco. So how are you today?
1: I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me.
0: <laughs> yes, we are excited and I want folks to know
2: that Mark, we go way back. There's a song. What is it? There's a song that this group sings about. We go a long way back. We
0: go a long way back. So but it's it's all good and I'm so happy that Mark is here with us today. So welcome Mark. Thank you. And today we talk about news, news media the media, and how it influences us, whether we like it or not. And social studies and research has shown that the news, news media, can influence our behavior. It influences us even to how we live and how we operate as a society. And most especially now, it's, they say that it's, it's become even higher as far as how we are influenced by the media, because it's accessible. It's so easily accessible. You know, all of us, we have some kind of phone, some smartphone that is packed with information. And so it's just a little bell because, you know, you get those notifications, you know, information and overload, overload. And so we have all of that, the news, the news media, the media, they can play a very important role. And they can influence every aspect of our lives. So when we talk about media, that's newspaper, magazines, radio, television, internet, and even social media, all of these are different types of media. And all of these type of media can influence our our lives but they also influence and that's what's the most dangerous that can be dangerous about it it can influence our thoughts Mm -hmm. and that's where it gets kind of spooky right kind of scary definitely
2: (laughs) as we see every day definitely
0: Mm -hmm. numerous studies most especially when you look at applied social psychologists they've done numerous research and they've shown that media can manipulate or persuade us and society, even controlling us positively or negatively in ways that affect our mental, physical, and our emotional well-being. Studies also show that media may have negative effects on the physical and the psychological well-being of society. And we see this, individuals, you know, that spend plenty of hours in front of the tv they have complained about having eye strain and eye problems we can also you know people that that carry these phones in their pockets you know how they have what the phantom Mm -hmm. feeling where Mm -hmm. even if they don't have their phones uh, on them it seems like their phones are vibrating isn't that crazy that's
2: just sick that's
0: crazy (laughs) yes we see all of this so It can also help, you know, affect us with our neck and our back. All of these are physical problems and psychological problems that can come up with us having all this accessibility to the media. And then we also know the lack of physical activity. We talk about this all the time on our show. It leads to obesity, most especially in our children, and our children spend a lot of time, way too much time, in front of the TV, media, games, and so forth. All this to say that media influences the public opinion. It impacts our choices that we make. And the question is, are we as nutritionists, as journalists, researchers, leaders in our community, and folks that have the power to influence folk, are we being responsible with our content, our words, even our word, even our tweet,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? <laughs> even our tweet, are we being responsible and doing the necessary things that we need to do to make sure that when we put the word out there that, that it's correct and we can also change people's lives for the better? That's why we have, we have joining us Mark Paco, who is the editor and publisher of the paper Metro Monthly and the website www.metromonthly.net. And Mark will talk more about his involvement with this paper. He'll talk about the history of this paper, but also how his paper contributes to the positive influence that news media have for society and more importantly, you know, how this newspaper is important and influences our community here in Youngstown, Ohio.
2: And so we're glad that you're here, Mark. This is a timely topic because we just are inundated. I mean, I I myself am a complete news junkie. I must have about 10 apps on my phone for (laughs) news and I can't get away from it. I mean, it's an, it's an addiction. Right. You know, we're looking at our phone instead of driving, which is another really bad thing. And mm-hmm. now you have these alerts <laughs> that come on. Right. And you know, they call me, my kids call me instead of CNN, they call me <laughs> DNN. Because I'm the first one on Facebook that has the information that's hot off the press because I have all these alerts set up. Right. When somebody right. like when Tony Morrison died, I was the first person yeah, to put you it were. out. Because I got the alert that, uh-huh. that she died. So I don't know it. It has definitely. It
0: It has changed our lives changed to a certain extent, life. right? Yeah. I think so. And so, yes, that's what we have in store for our show today. But we want to admonish all of you to make sure you go and subscribe to this show. It's all about health and fitness, Vicky Doe Fitness, on all the places that you listen to your favorite podcast shows. Now, we are on Apple Podcasts and all of those type of platforms, but we also are on TuneIn. Which means, those of you that have Amazon Alexa, you can ask Alexa to play the podcast. It's all about health and fitness, and she will play the podcast for you. And then you can do the same if you have Echo as well. Got one of those too. Wow, you
2: definitely. Lit (laughs) up, lit up.
0: And remember, when you subscribe to this show, you will be notified. That's why you subscribe. And you'll be notified when we post a new show and you will be able to keep updated of all the things that we do here right here at Vicky Fitness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you guys for your support. Well, Dee, this is the month of August and in the Doe family. And the Doe family birthdays. Birthdays. Yeah. Today is my honey sweet's birthday. Dr. Nate. Mm Mm-hmm. And we won't tell his age. No, we don't discuss age. But he is aging gracefully.
2: (laughs) He is, and he's still working hard, too. I know. I see him all the time. I know. In the trenches. Well, both of y'all be in the
0: trenches. I know. With the sick folk. But yeah, August, we love August. Yes. Because it's his birthday. Is it Natalie's birthday? Yeah, she was born on my birthday. Okay, that's right. So we do that. That's next week. And then my mom is the day after. Okay.
2: So does that make you a Leo? A Leo. Leo.
0: Okay. My brother T already called and said, Look, it's August, so happy birthday to (laughs) all 'all." (laughs) y'all.
1: That's so I won't mess idea. up. Right, that's right. a good idea. Right, but that's that's,
0: idea. that's basically it. I've been yeah. in the grind, you know, yeah. doing things with Vicky Doe Fitness. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this is August, and this August isn't too bad. Because usually August, we get that that hot and humid and nasty weather. But, it,
2: it, no, you not, know, we get a few really hot days, that,
0: right. but it's it's been okay.
2: Other than a few torrential rains.
0: Yes, but it's been okay. No I know.
2: <laughs> it's been okay, no. I think. Yeah. I'm not complaining because be winter here pretty soon.
0: That's the key. We might as well enjoy yeah. it yeah. now. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing this yeah. week. I've All been right. relaxing cool. and working at the same time. Cool. How was your week?
2: Well, you know, we spent Saturday at the... African-American Male Walk, uh, Wellness Walk with Dr. Lou Macklin and uh, mm-hmm. Lachelle, Vicky, Fitness. Vicky Fitness. We, we did a podcast yeah. out there that was fun. There mm-hmm. were a lot of people. Mm-hmm. This year it seems to be, you know, growing. And we interviewed a lot of re- really interesting people. And so they did screenings, and they did, they had some Zumba kind of activities, and there was another guy there that, we didn't get to interview him, but there was a guy from the NFL that I heard who was a referee, yes. and he was talking about athletics and sports and mm-hmm. health and wellness and stuff, so it was fun. It was it fun. It was fun. It was our, what was it, our fifth? Fifth seventh. Shelf? Oh, wow. Seventh. Wow.
0: So, yeah, we've been with them. Yeah. It's their seventh. And yeah. then for the initiative, the National African-American Male Wellness Initiative. It's 16 years. It's their right. 16th yeah. year. Right. Isn't, that, yeah. isn't
2: that something? Yeah, that's great. And it's in a lot of cities, Columbus, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, so, D.C. They're DC. branching out of Ohio. Yeah. It's definitely growing. But
0: what makes it significant is that, yes, they have the wellness Walk. Mm-hmm during the summer months, but then they're starting during the year to have nice programs. Right,
2: follow-throughs. That, right, mm-hmm. and so
0: one thing that they were really talking about is doing the barbershop. Remember yes. how you...
2: Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah, where they are, be, they will be going to the barbershop because that's a, a, a typical cultural thing for men to kind of gather in the shop. You know, mm-hmm. where would you find particularly African-American men in the barbershop. So they're going to go there like they did the Hypertension Project Mm -hmm. and talk about maybe do some screenings, or I know they did that for the Hypertension Project Mm -hmm. and identified a lot of African-American men who had hypertension because they weren't going to the doctor. So you just, like I said, if the mountain won't come to Muhammad, Muhammad will go to the mountain. So that's what they do. Yeah. it's yeah. it's
0: been very successful that's good for them good because for them. they've trained the barbers to talk with the men. And if they need referred to a mental yeah. health specialist exactly. or what have you, mm-hmm. they'll have all the resources there. Great. So that's a good thing that they're starting yeah. during the year. And they're also doing what I really like is when the dads go to the schools or different places mm-hmm. and they have healthy, they cook healthy breakfasts mm-hmm. with their kids. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So yeah, they're teaching good.
0: that, but then they're doing that bonding thing exactly. with their dads. Good. And we'll talk a, a little bit more about Craig Melvin, the news reporter on today's show. Um, talking about another initiative that they have for dads bonding with their daughters. He was right in Cleveland, Ohio, oh, wow. talking I about didn't it. Oh, I see that. Okay, good. Yeah, so we'll talk more about that later enter- on in the we show. And we did
2: interview the new CEO of the Youngstown City Schools, Justin Jennings, and he was yes. really interesting, so we mm-hmm. got interview with him, but you'll be putting that up on the... uh, Yes. Okay.
0: That would be one of our live bonus shows that we would do. But yeah, we've been in the mix with the African-American male wellness walk, and we've seen it grow. Yeah. Yeah. Over the years, yeah, because yep. now yep. they have a big tent now yep. with all the screenings, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that's a good thing. Good. So anything else you did um, other than that? That no, was one that, of
2: your highlights. That was huh? one of my highlights, really. I took a boat out. That was my first time on the lake. Okay, with a boat. So that was kind of fun, just kind of outside my comfort level. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I am into boating now. Okay. Well, well you're see. learning all these I things, huh? Wow. Go to ahead. Do a little good in the neighborhood. Whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay,
0: and so yeah. we have Mark. What did you do this yeah, week? Anything week you like? want to share with us?
1: Really, not not too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I always have responsibilities because of the newspaper. There's always something going on. There's always mm-hmm. something new. Mm-hmm. And uh, with you know with the with the school year beginning for mm. a lot for both primary and secondary and in college in the month of August, it's always an interesting time because. It almost feels like summer is prematurely over. Yes. But I'm always excited about fall because I lived in a uh, in a college town in Ann Arbor when I went to grad school. I didn't go to East. I went to Eastern Michigan. I didn't go to the University of Michigan. But I got used to that cycle of education and all that activity that comes in. And it's I always think about that time when I started grad school. So I always think about school and and moving and you know and being up there. I always will remember there'll be a certain time in, in September when the light is exactly like it was when I started school, you know, because of the, the, the way the, s- the, the sun earth and is. The yeah, earth, yes. So uh, it'll just hit me that, oh, yeah, this is the, this is the week that I moved to Michigan.
2: What is going on this week? Everything, Vicki. <laughs> Everything. <laughs>
0: Everything. Well, this month is National Immunization Awareness Month. It's an annual observance to highlight the importance and what we be talking about, what we be. All the time. Vaccination. My pet peeve. Yeah, Yeah. vaccination for people, but not just for the kids, but for people of all ages. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about vaccines, shots, and they help prevent dangerous and sometimes deadly diseases. And vaccines aren't just for kids. As we say, adults need to get vaccinated to stay protected from a lot of the serious illnesses out there like the flu pneumonia it's a it's going to be about that time when we tell people about your flu shot yeah get your flu shot Mm. also shingles
2: i just got that yesterday did you shingles and hepatitis that's why i'm like this today yes i got both of those
0: but all of these are important immunization and vaccines to you know protect us and so this is national immunization awareness month it's a great time For all of us out there to promote vaccines and remind family and friends and co workers to stay up to date on their shots. How can this awareness month, national immunization, make a difference? We all can use this month to raise awareness about vaccines and share strategies to increase immunization rates in our community. If you go to the healthfinder.gov website and you look up, I always go there and look up. health awareness for that month they have different tool kits here are some ideas that we can use to get the word out there about the importance of getting your vaccines number one talk to friends and family members about how vaccines aren't just for kids shots can protect people of all ages from serious diseases number two encourage people in our community to get the flu vaccine every year. And we talk about that here on our show. Last but not least, invite a doctor or nurse to speak to parents. If you have these platforms about why it's important for all kids to get vaccinated. Like I said, there are toolkits that you can use. These are resources to assist you in communicating to the healthcare professionals, parents, patients about immunization during this month of August and throughout the year. Not just this month, but throughout the year. For the toolkits, more information, go to healthfinder.gov forward slash NHO August.
2: Great. I was just having this conversation with my son just before we came here talking about how all the good that we did have done in eradicating all these diseases. All these anti-vaxxers are trying to derail everything that we did. I know. So it's just very sad.
0: I know. And very then sad. now all of us as adults, we have to think about all making right. sure we okay Cause now.
2: As you get older, your immunity wanes. And so like one of the reasons I was taking the hep B shot yesterday was that unbeknownst to me when I did titers I had no hepatitis B titers and you don't want to have zero titers working in a hospital with hepatitis B so I had to start the series all over again so we're getting older and older as older With my mom is 101 so we don't even know what happens to your immune system at 101
0: oh I know you
2: know so yeah so but you know that's my soapbox about immunization what do I always say vaccinate your damn kids that's it (laughs) (laughs) that's That's right much
0: it that's pretty much it right much it that's pretty much it we have to talk a little bit about the mass shootings Mm -hmm. because you know all of this affects our community but it also affects us that's looking at this you know we get some type of feelings Mm -hmm. when we look at this Mm -hmm. and so we had two shootings back to back El Paso and right up the street from In us, Dayton, Dayton Ohio. Yeah.
2: And you know, I guess this is bound to happen. When I saw it initially, I really did not click over to, let's see on CNN what's going on. Because you hear it so often now, you, you're not expecting, you know that maybe mass casualties, but for some reason it's weird. You don't immediately, are we numb? I don't know that I'm numb to it, but it's just such it's a It's becoming too normal. Be- right. And then when you hear about these big numbers of people, then I guess that's when I start clicking in, but I don't. Re- I, my reaction is a lot slower these days when I hear about these mass shootings. I know that's that's I know. terrible, but and that's
0: it's, it's terrible. The way I feel. This was in El Paso, Texas, mm-hmm. and this happened August the third at a Walmart store. The lone gunman killed 22 people and injured 24 others. And we were talking about most people. You know, you think about the killings, but it's the people that are injured. Right. Their whole
2: life is right. is changed. Right. There was an article in the New York Times. I think I sent it to you about the uh, the trauma surgeons that are involved in these these mass shootings. That these bullets, you know, just tear up everything. And so, if you're not dead, you're going to have multiple. More morbidity is associated. People don't think about that. A bullet does a lot of damage. Yes. So you're right. All these other people that were shot are going to have to live with all of their problems. What made this more significant was
0: that 13 hours later, here we go yeah. with another shooting
2: mm-hmm. in Dayton. It was surreal. Yeah. Right.
0: So it made you go, okay. Yeah, this stuff is is yeah. getting and serious. And then I, I
2: think I don't want to misspeak, but I think wasn't it Youngstown that they found the the young man yesterday that had the twenty five guns and the ten thousand yes. pounds of ammunition? I believe that was Youngstown. I don't want to misspeak, but so it's, what was it's, it was it. Boardman. 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 Oh. Yeah, that's what I thought. And, and so, I, you know, I didn't want to quote anything that was wrong, but the news media had it that um, it was in Ohio, but I thought I had read that it was here in this area. So, I mean, it can happen anywhere. That's kind of trite to say that, but yeah. I know. Right so, in our own backyard, literally.
1: Yes. Yeah. This is, these are all accounts, you know, that were reported. He allegedly was posting things in a social media format. Somebody in Anchorage Alaska uh alerted oh wow, alerted because they saw it there, and there were threats allegedly he made threats you know to about federal agents okay they also did a search of his home and there were multiple there was like a, a vault i think with mm. mul- multiple mm-hmm. weapons mm. uh multiple you know a lot of ammunition mm-hmm and I think he's 18 years old. I know. Mm. And you know, there are a lot of questions that are that are raised by that. Mm-hmm. Is that when did this start? Mm-hmm. How do you bring things to the home with your parents not knowing about it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, there are really a lot of questions I think that will probably come. Yeah. You know, that people have, but. The thing that's scary, though, is that it follows the pattern of other things where people accumulate a lot of things. There were some threats made allegedly to a gay bar, Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. You know that I don't know if, if he made a direct threat to these entities or if it was posted on you know to some social media okay. format. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, he's young; he's eighteen, mm-hmm. and it's very troubling. It is troubling it is because troubling.
0: the other shooters that were involved. They were young. They were, like, what, 24? Yeah. So So it it just makes you wonder, as a society, what's, you know, what's going on, right? Yeah. And we have plenty issues to talk about with this, but what we will say is we hope that all of us will try to get it together and change a few things. What do you think?
2: I, I hope so. I don't, you know, it's just, I don't know how you have 25 guns in the house with, 10,000 rounds of ammunition but you know I I don't know that I was frequenting my kids rooms all that closely so I don't know I mean I don't I might have been one of those moms or dads or whatever I I just don't know how I would would react I mean how I would find that out Mm. because I just was not a going and snooping around in the room kind of mom
0: yeah but just think the most thing we would be looking for was some from joints of well, some right,
2: <laughs> <laughs> or a condom or something. <laughs> I had all these boys. So that's what I was looking for, right. you know, as the infectious disease moms, So right, right. I wasn't looking for 25 guns and I know. So it's a like of ammunition. It's right. Like,
0: wow. Yeah. I mean, it's a we're whole changing. paradigm shift. It's a paradigm, it's a shift. paradigm shift. That's exactly yeah, it. But like shift. we always say, you know, hopefully we can as a society, because you know, With all of this, it affects our health and well-being when we have these things going on because it also strokes our fear. Right. You know, and some people are actually, they're actually staying at home because Mm -hmm. they're so scared to go out. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a real thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, there's a universe and there are some universal components to this. People were going to Walmart to buy back to school stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of America, most of America, goes to Walmart. Most of America is buying clothing, school supplies. So it's very relevant. It's relevant to people that that could have been them. Right. You know, so I I think that, you know, and just the how much of a fluke it was, because the reason why he reportedly stopped at the Walmart in El Paso was because he was hungry. He wanted to get something to eat. That may not have been his destination originally, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it just shows you that, Anything can happen at any moment. And right. that, I think that's what really makes it so scary for people.
0: Hopefully we will, I don't know, we just need to really think about this because like I said, it affects us all. All of this affects our health and well-being. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a political, you know, because most people talk about it from a political stance. No, this is, this is uh, health and wellness. Mm-hmm. This is our society. This is what we call environmental health. Mm-hmm. I just hope that we will definitely think of ways to change this and hopefully we will, you know, take it seriously. I want to give a little uh, something positive to this. And I was looking at the Today Show. Craig, what's his name? Craig Melvin. Melvin. Mm -hmm. He was doing a segment. It's called Dad's Got This. And it was a segment. And the reason why I really perked up, he was recording all this in Cleveland, Ohio, Mm -hmm. Rocky River, Mm -hmm. you know, the suburb of Ohio. He had this segment and you could see the dads up there trying to, these are African-American dads Mm -hmm. trying to do their daughter's hair. Mm -hmm. They were saying that, guess what? It's a lot of dads now that are really involved with their Mm -hmm. young kids Mm -hmm. even raising them Mm -hmm. they need to know because the girls will tell them you know you got to hook up my hair you can't
2: (laughs) (laughs) right you can't
0: have me walking out here and so he did a segment and they featured these dads and how they were learning how to do their their daughter's hair and the braids but they also said it was a nice bonding time Mm -hmm. with their daughters Mm -hmm. because they can ask their daughters you know what's going on and and really Bond with their daughters, they were featuring it, but they were saying, "Yeah, this is about bonding with our daughters. and then there's a lady that her name was, I think Itaya, um Riggins. She has a natural naturally me that's her, her workshop in her shop, and she teaches actually, workshop and classes to the dads monthly and they go in there and she'll teach them how to do the hair and stuff And that I thought
2: that was very yeah, neat. Because hair in the black community is a really important thing. Yeah. I mean, you just can't like, just, you know, you, you got to learn how to braid and you got to learn how to do this and, and, and pull, it back, and and pull a ponytail it back in a ponytail and, ponytail and all these d- braids and different designs and so forth. So, I mean, it's a, it's a significant cultural. Thing. Yeah. It's a culture thing. It is. But I like so. how
0: she's using that. Mm-hmm. To bond and right. bring the, the dads with exactly. the daughters together. So exactly. I thought that was really great. Yeah, good. He also featured in this segment, a former NFL player, Matthew Cherry. And he is an author of a book and it's called Hair Love. Mm-hmm. And he he featured a lot of the YouTube. Because now if you go, now that's a positive thing about the media mm-hmm. teaching. And so if you go to the YouTube, there's a lot of um, different segments now On daughters and dads Mm -hmm. and dads trying to learn how to do the daughter's hair and stuff and they're they're sharing it Mm -hmm. so his book is featuring all this it's just saying that dads are bonding with their daughters Mm -hmm. and they're learning how to do hair Mm -hmm. and it's a good thing so I think that's a good thing yeah that's
2: good I missed that
0: yeah Yeah. it was very interesting and it's so cute because the daughters are telling "Uh, no dad that's not it
2: Oh, that's cute.
0: <laughs> so it was good. So I like that. And so, any of you guys, if you want to check out the video and stuff, you can go to the D- Today Show website and check that out. Dad's Got This. Okay, now every week we do a health tip. Our health tip this time is fit walking into your schedule you can find this on the Vicky doe fitness website and it was written by health day news and it says walking is a versatile form of exercise that can be done most anywhere and the american heart association suggests that adults spend at least 30 minutes each day doing a moderate intensity activity fitting brisk walking into your daily schedule is one way to meet that goal the american heart association suggests to fit walking into your schedule. Number one, park or get off at the bus train station 10 minutes away from your job. Number two, schedule a lunchtime walk in your work calendar. Number three, keep everything at work that you'll need for walking. Number four, listen to music while you walk or recruit friends to walk with you. Now, when you recruit friends, you can't have the ones That are leisurely walking. Or want to talk you to
2: death. (laughs) So you got to pick the white friends to walk with you. Okay. Or want to get some ice cream after you walk. Right. Uh,
0: Wrong set Mm -mm. of friends. Mm -mm. Right. (laughs) Mm -mm. And number five, before going to bed, lay out your walking clothes Mm -hmm. and shoes. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, if you decide to walk at night, the American Heart Association recommends that you wear reflective clothing
2: or carry a light. Okay, so Dee, what's the latest? I think I'm just going to do the one article on Ebola. Okay. Since we have been talking about Ebola since it became an epidemic, Mm -hmm. uh, I guess, what, about four years ago now? Yes. We finally, it looks like we're finally getting some drugs that are working. So in a development that transforms the fight against Ebola, this was a New York Times article, two experimental treatments are working so well that they will now be offered to all patients in the Democratic Republic of Congo. As we've been talking over the last few weeks, there's been a big outbreak in uh, DRC and we talked about all the cultural things that have been involved with it but now they're going to offer this to these individuals in the DRC. The antibody based treatments are quite powerful. Now we can say that 90% can come out of treatment cured, one scientist said, and they raise hopes that the the disastrous epidemic in eastern Congo can soon be stopped and future outbreaks more easily contained. Offering patients a real cure may contribute to them feeling more comfortable about seeking care early, said Anthony Fauci. And we know Dr. Fauci was, you know, the front lines of HIV AIDS back in the 80s. And he is director of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, who joined the World Health Organization and the Congolese government in making this announcement. That prospect should greatly lessen the aura of terror that surrounds Ebola, Mm -hmm. a virus that we've talked about that that heretofore has had, had high mortality associated with it. Until now, many believe that anyone catching Ebola was doomed to die along with space suited strangers and to be buried without ceremony in a bleach misted body bag. So fear of the virus and mistrust of health workers has been a major obstacle. We've talked about that a lot of the healthcare workers have been killed in these areas because they don't understand the cultural mores and norms of the individuals. You can't just go in and say, we want to burn up grandma. That's just not going to work. Right now. So, no. (laughs) You're right. Mm -mm. Mm. The more we can learn about these two treatments, the closer we can get to turning Ebola from a terrifying disease to one that's preventable. Mm -hmm. The new treatments known as REGNEB3 and M-A-B-114 are both cocktails of monoclonal antibodies that are infused intravenously into the blood and before I get into any technical and I'll try to wrap this up these monoclonal antibodies is what's revolutionized medicine today globally for example I always use this example of Phil Mickelson who comes on now with that new drug to treat his psoriatic arthritis and a lot of these other drugs that you hear end in M-A-B okay. the new cancer drugs there is are, st- that are kin- Continuing to keep people alive, you know, instead of a five-year survival, ten-year survival, are all these monoclonal antibodies, and now we have them incorporated into into, um, Ebola.
0: Okay, wow.
2: So these new therapies were among the four that were tested in a trial that has enrolled seven hundred patients, and the two worked so well that a committee meeting on Friday to look at preliminary results in the first four hundred and ninety-nine patients immediately represented that the other two treatments be stopped. And now this is one of those kind of things where they look at the, the They're doing an experiment. Mm -hmm. They stopped the trial because the data is overwhelming that it's going to work. So let's just take it out and start using it now. So that's where we are. Um, Good news. I don't know the company that's making it. Of course, who's benefiting? Right. 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 Who's benefiting? (laughs) But that's really good news. That is good news.
0: What does that mean, though? That means that if that that it'll stop
2: Ebola, period. Well, if you can. Yeah. And 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 prevent the transmission of it. Which Uh. has been a big problem because it's extremely contagious. You know, we had to learn to put all those the epidemic occurred. Remember I had to go to Pittsburgh to learn how to and Don is what they were calling that. And it was really difficult. And you think about putting this on and we had an air conditioned room and it's a hundred and some degrees in these areas. So yeah, (sighs) that's crazy. So that's that's the latest on Ebola. I will keep you all up since this is hot fresh off the press and hopefully they will have more data in the next few months about outcome. Yes.
0: Yes. That's important. Well, today we talk about news, news media, the media, and how it influences us whether we like it or not. And social studies have shown that the news and the news media can influence our behavior, how we live and operate as a society, most especially because we have easy accessibility of the media and information through our smartphones. And so Mark Paco is here. He has joined us, and he's the editor and publisher of the Metro Monthly. He would talk with us about how the news and the news media can influence us but how we can use it in a responsible way. He will also share with us the history of his paper, Metro Monthly, and how it influences our community of Youngstown. And I love the Metro Monthly.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) So how are you today?
1: I'm, I'm, I'm well, thanks. You know, being in the news media, mm-hmm. there's always something going on. And because of my connections to people that I work with and because of people that I work with now, I have different people that I interact with mm-hmm. that have different perspectives. And they some are more aggressive about sharing news. Others are more reticent about it. But it's always interesting to see... Somebody who has a news background seeing how they respond to things that are in the news. And, you know, and I respond too. And then it was also interesting to see the everyday person's approach to how they're viewing the current events and news.
0: Especially this week. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of stuff going on in the news big time.
1: There there was an overload, I think, for people. Mm -hmm. And when we, in your discussion, when you were talking about the influence of media Mm -hmm. in, in people's lives, I think that really started with. The, the rise of cable news because mm-hmm. cable news gave us the 24-hour news cycle which prior to that we would have news maybe at 6 p.m. and maybe updates if you listen to radio there would have news you know mm-hmm. every hour or something like that but it didn't become as pervasive until CNN came in and CNN you know was the, the entity that really created this this twenty four hour news cycle, and I think what it's done though is it's made people more reliant on news, but it also has made the media expand the definition of what it, news is, and we've we've now become inundated with entertainment news, mm-hmm. and, and with and with the rise of social media, we, the other thing that we've really has happened though is that we've now become more reactionary as people. And I don't mean politically reactionary. I mean, the news is created to get a response from us. Social media is, it is engineered to get a response from us. But it's also engineered to get a continued response from us. Mm. So if you look at how a lot of the news is presented, it, it, there, there's a lot of clickbait out there. Even And even the clickbait is even done by... The major news organizations now, too. And if you look at the images they use to attract you to those news sites or those news stories, a lot of them don't even have much to do with the subject that's in the photo. But, but the subject that's in the photo drives your response to...
0: To click. open it or click it, right. To open and click it. Mm-hmm.
1: And, that, and it's not even just the clickbait stuff. It's more even the everyday news stuff. And the news cycle is a lot shorter now, mm-hmm. uh, and it's driven by the immediacy of you know of how news is presented and, and disseminated. But that's it's a the world is way different than it was mm-hmm. when you know when when most of us were younger. We didn't have these devices that alerted us. We didn't have I know <laughs> the the news of the world <coughs> coming to us in a way that. I think, has increased the levels of anxiety with people. It's also put pressure on news organizations to produce all the time and produce news or updates and you know and, and all of that. Historically, a newspaper, and this, I'm talking about daily newspapers, a daily newspaper would have, in some cases, it would have more than one deadline uh, because they had specific sections that would uh, go out or sp- specific issues that would go out to different markets. But now... The internet and with social media, now you can have these updates immediately, you know, on your phone. But prior to that, you would have you would have updates on news, and really what you had years ago with newspapers, and I'm talking tr- you know traditional newspapers, is that they would have a circulation area, but they also might have zoned editions where those issues would go out earlier to the farther areas like Western Pennsylvania for for example with the Vindicate. And then during football season you would have a specific issue where people would want to know what the sports scores were. So they would have what are called chasers. And the you know, the main body of the, the issue would be produced. And then you would have these chasers where it would typically they would be breaking news stories, the cop beat, like in a community where you would have all the crimes, the police blotter stuff, and then the sports stuff. And people would, they would chase these issues. They'd start running the press, but they would chase the paper with these updates in these few pages in the the editions. But now you have everyday people Mm -hmm. now sharing the updates on these things because everything everything is so instantaneous now. So the control of presenting the news has been put into the hands where everybody now is their own publisher of personal information, of information that they're sharing from other sources. They're also sharing information, in some cases, from sources that they don't even know what the source is. So that, that has presented a lot of problems. You know, it's also presented some challenges to how do you insulate yourself from being duped with you know, what has been termed fake news? How do, you, how do you really receive news that is going to be beneficial to you as far as making you be an informed citizen, making you aware of what's going on in your community? making sure that you, even your personal interests are addressed. You know, if you have an interest in music or health or, or whatever, how do you get those sources in, you know, into your feeds? And a lot of times what's happened though, is that, you know, people have, have really kind of create their own playlists for what, you know, for what they want. I think that, you know, that if you really are careful about who you choose to subscribe to, you can screen out a lot of the, the stuff that's really, you know, it's, it's fake or it's manufactured or it's, or it's manipulative. It's, it could be even advertising information that's presented as information. You know, so I think if you're careful and you really care about what you're absorbing, I mean, it's the same thing with your diet and your exercise. If you look at what you're putting into your head, it's the same thing about being concerned with what you put into your body do you want to have a lot of junk in your head or do, you, or do you want to have things that are really you want good information you know so I, I think that if you you take that approach and you're very careful about even what you share though too because a lot of times people will share things they'll click and they'll share without even reading the article or reading mm-hmm. or, re, or, sh, or or they'll share a video and then they don't realize that it's something that somebody you know made that is either harmful or mm-hmm. or not not useful
2: But don't you think that's sort of an intellectual thing? I mean, I don't think that I think that's what we're dealing with in this country, though, now, too. There are people that don't really care whether they have junk in their head. And they're not really capable intellectually of separating the junk from the and if and if the junk happens to be a reactionary type of information, they jump on that. So I mean, don't you think it and I'm not trying to down any and it's not necessarily an, an educational thing We don't have to have a college degree but I just think that there's some people certain sects of people that don't care whether they have junk and stuff they, they they have it in there and they don't they're not filtering through it it's a reactionary thing you know it's a, it's about some sensational something or other and I want to jump on that so as I'm listening to you talk about how do you how we do all this I'm just sitting here having an out-of-body experience thinking it's out of control I don't even know how we even begin to ratchet back on the cow that's already gotten out of the barn. Because when you look at like Facebook, for example, and I fall fall prey to it as well sharing information and not knowing which news sources or sites are the ones that I really should because they come guised as actual stuff and then I'm sharing it and then somebody will say whoa you know that's not really and that's not a place where you get actual news and I consider myself I mean you know whatever so I don't know I think it's I don't want to be a nihilist about it but I just think it's out of control I don't I don't even know how we ratchet it back ever
1: well you know, I, I look at what I subscribe to, and I, I tend to be more conservative in what I subscribe to. I, I subscribe to the, the larger mm-hmm. da- daily newspapers. Mm-hmm. And then I have a sampling of smaller things that I don't necessarily look at all the time, but... I don't subscribe to them, but they come across my mm-hmm. you know my feed mm-hmm. and then I also not everybody has this ability, but a lot of the old reporters that I worked with they had they have really good posts you know mm-hmm. where they but one of them is a retired reporter, so he has the time to do that mm-hmm. and I always look at I always look at his stuff because there's always something interesting that he posts, but i you know I'm very careful like I don't want a lot of junk i even there are even a lot of people who are my friends on Facebook. <laughs> That I've turned off their notifications mm-hmm. because I don't want their trauma mm-hmm. and their drama, you know, and, and all these other mm-hmm. things that I, f- I f- find to be negative. I don't want to see that. And I think the thing that we need to understand, though, with social media, it's engineered to keep you participating, to be involved, and also it it's there to manipulate you. And there have been studies on that, and you know, anecdotally, I've just seen that. The types of people that are on social media a lot, there's a lot of exhibitionism. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of people feel have having feelings of low self-esteem, and I think that some of the social media platforms they exploit that they ex- mm-hmm. because they know that people will go on there and share things. And just the fact, and I'll state one you know one example on Facebook. They ask you in a very direct way what's on your mind. You know, and, and when it's phrased that way. It's there to get a reaction to what you're thinking about at that exact moment. And that's not necessarily the best thing for everybody, both the person that's posting it and the person that's receiving it. It's getting people to respond immediately to something. And I think that everything <coughs> is engineered to get people to react. About this, this whole idea about getting you know the, the, the thing back in the barn, I've read studies where people say, well, turn off your Twitter feed. Like, just get rid of the app on your phone for maybe not permanently, but get rid of it for a couple months because you're getting overloaded. And if you fall down the rabbit hole of things like Twitter, you end up realizing that you're spending a large part of your time reading through stuff, but also you're reading how people are reacting to it too. And so you're really divorced from your original reason for being there. But social media is a part of our lives, so you can't turn back the clock and you have to accept it. But how much do you want to participate in it? And you, I guess you kind of have to feel you have to think about well, h- how much of this is is this social media platform managing my life for me right now?
0: And so yeah, when we look at the news here at Vicky Doe Fitness, most especially when we're trying to do our podcast show, there are certain things that we do. You know, we talk about the relevant things, the the health tips, but we also try to throw in a little positive news as well because we know that at least we know that when people listen to us they want to kind of get away from the depressing news right that they hear Mm -hmm. and so i think we're we are pretty much mindful of of that what do you think i think
2: so too not that we're always about happy but we do talk about things that are going to contribute to somebody's having a good day
0: yes and that's going to be helpful to Mm -hmm. them right Mm -hmm. We want to, though, ask you specifically and, and share with people about the whole history of the Metro Monthly and how you got involved with that paper.
1: Okay. Well, I, uh, the roots of this are that I was in Ann Arbor, Michigan for graduate school, and I also worked at the Ann Arbor News. So I worked at a daily newspaper, and I was in grad school. And I always had, I had a background in English and journalism. I always had an interest in uh, publishing, whether it be something very modest to, you know, to looking at what was was out there, though, too. Mm-hmm. As I got older, though, I became more interested in, you know, in different aspects of, of publishing that uh, I probably wasn't interested in when I was younger. So. When I was in grad school, I was in a very information-rich community, which is Ann Arbor. Very, Mm -hmm, very mm -hmm. high education, Mm -hmm. uh, close to Metro Detroit. So there were two dailies there. And there were a number of, you know, of of publications. I worked at a daily newspaper. I learned a lot there. I also had my, I think, my work habits and my professional standards were shaped by the Ann Arbor News, too. Mm -hmm. It was a, you know, mid-sized newspaper, but very ambitious uh, it doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was a Newhouse-owned newspaper, and it was shut down about 10 or 11 years ago. Uh, Newhouse thought that they were going to create a digital-only product in the city of Ann Arbor, mm. and so they shut down the Ann Arbor News. A lot of people lost their jobs. Prior to that, the Ann Arbor News, they had invested like I think it was like 40 million dollars in a new press a couple years prior to that Mm -hmm. when the New York Times found out that the Ann Arbor News was going to have an upgraded press they approached Ann Arbor and said we want you to print our Midwest edition so for many years you know the Ann Arbor News also published printed the Midwest edition of the New York Times and I think they had multiple locations okay because of distribution and all of that it became relevant Later on, when the news came in about the Vindicator, we'll talk a little bit about that later, but okay. I had a perspective from the closing, from something that happened 10 years prior to the announcement that we all knew about, you mm-hmm. know, a couple of weeks ago about the Vindicator. It was a very formative for my career, seeing how things were reported. And, and, and you know, and every community has its own dedication of resources to different things. Mm-hmm. It's a Big Ten college town, so... Mm-hmm. A lot of resources were put into the sports coverage in oh, Ann Arbor, okay. yeah. But also because it was a big research and you know and an education hub, there were a lot of concerns. I remember very specifically types of stories that were reported on. They would look at the, you know the census, how the census impact or how it reflected what was happening in health, education, mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. But also it was at the beginnings of really the the country trying to get. A handle on HIV and AIDS, mm. so there was a lot of coverage on that. But also, that it was also during the time when there were a lot of anti-smoking initiatives too. So mm. I remember very specifically, and it, it stayed with me. Okay, one story that I think it was R.J. Reynolds. They were unveiling a cigarette that was targeted to women who went to NASCAR. It was really, you know, a very it was very class specific. Okay. it was very age specific too, but it was, you know, there was an uproar about that because they were targeting a market segment that they knew didn't have access to a lot of health information. And, you know, and that, and that was the other thing too, though, is that there were other supplemental stories that came out around that time that talked about how there was a certain percentage of people for whom health information would never be absorbed. Mm. And there was a certain percentage of people that Mm -hmm. would never, Either through their resistance or their lack of connection, would never receive health information. So, this was part of that market that they were targeting. And so, you know, there were—I remember that very specifically. But uh-huh. you know, because I was there for a, a certain period of time, it's—I'm like you know a bug in amber there too. My memories of things. So, but while, while I was there, I learned a lot about news coverage, and I learned a lot about just a different perspective from publication to publication on how to cover the news and how to, cover, how to present the news. And the Ann Arbor paper was very ambitious, but the Detroit papers were very good. I was there right around the time when Motown was going through this resurgence because of the big chill. And, you know, and so a lot of the archives that the Detroit papers had, there were always Motown stories in the okay, paper. So okay. you know, it was very interesting to me. So with that, when my mom took ill, and This is really the you know I had finished my program I graduated, and I had to decide where I was going to go. And my mom took ill, so I decided to move back to Youngstown. Okay. But what I thought of doing though is I you know I wanted to continue to write and to publish, and I wasn't doing publishing up there. I was doing writing, and, okay. e- and, and mostly I was mostly an editor up there. Mm-hmm. So when I came back to Youngstown, I thought, well, what would I want to do? And part of me thought I I want to do something in publishing but how would I take the elements of these things that I saw up there and present them in a monthly format? Because I figured the monthly was the most achievable for me to do. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to work at a daily newspaper. A weekly is really a really, really tough Mm. thing to do. A weekly is the most difficult in my opinion, the most difficult okay. type of publication to do because you never have a vacation. You're always chasing okay. ad- advertisers, you know, and, and it's just a gr- it's a grind. Okay. So I didn't want to do that. But when I saw what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. I looked at the elements of what I saw, and I thought, well, how could this be, be presented not only in a monthly format, but be presented in a way or bring things to the Youngstown community that it never had before? Okay. So I looked at a lot of things, and I... I mean, some of the things I never executed because they weren't relevant for this community. But one of the things I thought was, I mean, I wanted to do something that was more, I guess, more thoughtful, but also addressed what I thought was missing here. And one of the things that we did was we had a, um, you know, the 30-day calendar in right. the paper. Yes. And I started the publication with a partner. And I went independent of that, you know, about 10 years after that. But... And i as I explained to other people too though when you when you're young and younger, a lot of times the adrenaline alone will carry you right, but it can't carry you entirely, but it for a few years, you know just that adrenaline alone was a, a driving force for me, okay, so when we unveiled the publication, i remember I remember how excited people were about yes, it, and yes. they were always trying to compare it to something I think that they recognized what year was that nineteen ninety two okay it was 92, and it was in August. Uh, we were going to launch it in July, but I thought, you know, we better wait because we need more advertising. Right. <laughs> so our, my anniversary date is August. Okay. But, and I also remember very specifically the Mocha House started in, actually their anniversary is June 30th of that year. Okay. So I've always felt that kinship with them, you mm-hmm. know, and, and but when I – Looked at what I wanted to do with the paper. I created this mock, and I showed people that. And I, I you know, I laughed about this later uh, in a recent interview, where I said that, you know, people, oh, that's really great, but they were, I was thinking they're thinking, oh, yeah, right. You know, you're, not, <laughs> you're never going to do it. And it took a lot of work, you know, to launch it, mm-hmm. and it's been a lot of work. But I've I've seen its impact. I've seen mm-hmm. its impact on other media here. I've also seen its impact. On the quality of life for people, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, I've been doing this for so long that I've had people that have told me that they raised their kids with the calendar. You know, Isn't they, that mm-hmm. something? Yeah, yes. so the kids, are, you know, have graduated. Yes. It's a generation. Yeah, yeah it's a generation. Yeah. So, And I know that it's important to people, too. Yes. And, and I know, too, though, that it's not for everyone. You know, I, mm-hmm. I had a tough time with that for a long time. Like, or I would see, I would put out papers, at, like, at a grocery store. And there'd be a competing publication there. People would walk past mine.
0: And and pick pick up the other one. Pick up there,
1: yeah. And I I looked at that. But then I also, sometimes I would also see people, they would like immediately pick it up once it went out. I I talked to a friend who was a life coach about that, a job coach, a life coach. And Mm -hmm. she said, well, the people that see it are going to pick it up. And the people, which she meant see in a broader sense, the people that Mm -hmm. appreciate it would Mm -hmm. pick it up. So it, it got me used to the idea that it wasn't for everyone and that I wasn't a product for everyone mm-hmm. either. But I also was a product too though, and it was also created this way to appeal to people from all different backgrounds. What the end result is is that people from all different educational levels yes. love it. Yes. People from all different ethnic and cultural backgrounds love it yes. too. And that's really very interesting because a lot of marketing companies will say, well, you know, do you reach 20, you know, 20 to 35 I said, no, Youngstown is much older. Mm-hmm. And I reach people that are 75 plus too. Mm-hmm. And in the creation of the publication, what we did is I, you know, I made a conscious decision not to have a sports section, that I figured that if I'm gonna address something that's sort of like sports, it's gonna be health and fitness. Because health and fitness covers mm-hmm. a broad range of people, a broad yes. range of ages. And, and every section that I did do in the, in the publication kind of reflects it. The calendar reflects it, too. Mm-hmm. There are events in there, you know, for people with young children, people who are seniors, can, mm-hmm. you know, can use it. But also, it's been a window into seeing how this community has changed and how the roles of certain organizations have changed. I mean, I, I don't follow it too closely, but I notice a lot of stuff. And I see how, like, the public libraries, for example, mm-hmm. they're doing a lot of social service stuff. Okay. You know, they're they're not only were they did they embrace the new media, but they also weren't afraid of it. So they started teaching people how to use a computer, how to find resources through a computer. And they're reaching a lot of underserved people. They're Ooh. reaching a lot of people who, you know, kids that don't have computers at home go after school to use the computers for to do the work that they need to do. But also most recently they added something where there's someone and it's it's through a grant. Okay. There's somebody that is doing because they realize that a certain part of their clientele has some needs, both psychological, you know, mental health and and health and well being things, that there's somebody now that is on staff part-time through a short I don't know how long the grant is, but she's helping people find those resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People who are patrons. That's people good. who That's are good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so I think what you've seen though is you've seen an evolution in how people are connecting with the community. And I see that mm-hmm. in the calendar all the time. If I you know, if I look through it I see well, oh they're doing this now, they're doing this because mm-hmm. they're trying to teach kids mm-hmm. to learn how to read and, yes. and to you know to be more active or and it and it also all it changes a lot of times. It's not only the libraries that do it, but a lot of other things. You know, they're responding to things that are helping, happening elsewhere and they're and they're creating programming that is addressing the needs of people.
0: That's what's so great because, you know, we always talked about it, you know, as health fitness professionals, we always talked about, you know, exercise, nutrition, but we also talked about the whole wellness concept. And it wasn't just your exercise and, and nutrition. It's your environment. It's accessibility. It's career. It's mental health. It's all of that. And it's, it's nice that you can see, like you are saying, the society, they're, they're kind of evolving with that concept that, hey, it's all about health and well-being. And let's see how we can serve and put that into what we do even the newspapers, but you, you have always had that focus. That's why I loved it when you gave me the opportunity to write. And one thing I remember that you said, which was very important, and I always told my students that wanted to write too, look, yeah, we do the scientific writing, but in order for folks to, you know, and that's for journals, but in order for us to do a service, and get these important research out there we have to break it down so that a person even with a fourth grade education could still read that and and figure out something you know mm-hmm. we can use those big words but we got to make sure we define it so that everybody could understand it and so that's what I, I learned from from you Greg Andrew all those guys that you guys that were out putting the communication and the news and the media out there to folks with that said i think that your paper you've kept up with that philosophy because you can pretty much get a lot of stuff within your paper Mm -hmm. and nate loves it he always Mm -hmm. pass it around to the doctor's office a lot of the doctors follow that too because when i would write articles in there Um, They would stop Nate and go, yeah, I saw what your wife wrote. And he'd be like, oh, okay. But that let me know that you just don't realize, and this is in the hospital setting too, how many people really pay attention to the uh, Metro Monthly.
1: Well, one section that I have is... It's a, it's a finance section. It's called personal finance. Mm-hmm. It's mostly, actually, a lot of it's derived from the Ohio Bar Association because they write about things that are legal issues. And I say that every legal issue is a financial issue mm-hmm. because of it. Is true. Because if it's, if it's about conduct on the internet and what you're liable for, what you can and cannot say, there's the law there, but there's also the punitive aspect of that, too. And then there's you know, owning property, zoning laws. All those things that people think people think that well, you know, finance section would just be about investing and in, in banking, but everyday financial decisions that people have to make or how things impact them are financial, and mm-hmm. and so that's really the you know the basis for that. And I, I and I think what I have in there is you know I I've edited business things you know and but I think that in order for it to be relevant to people, it has to be relevant mm-hmm. to their circumstances mm-hmm. and. You know, that section addresses that too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the health and fitness section, I've always valued it. I always mm-hmm. I try to be healthy, you know, mm-hmm. I try to observe it. I don't always hit the mark with certain things, you mm-hmm. know, because I, I have weaknesses, you mm-hmm. know, with, with diet, but Well, all of us have. Don't. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? But, I know. But I also I also think that it's important to have good information out there for people so they can make a decision. Big time, what, yeah.
2: I thoroughly enjoy your newspaper. In fact, I have two or three copies in my car at any time. Mm -hmm. No, you have kept up with the times, but you were talking about the library, and I was just thinking to myself, yeah, they kind of had to change because the library was becoming an anachronism. I mean, you know, who goes to the library anymore with all the talk about social Mm -hmm. media and stuff? Everybody looks up everything, you know, on your this. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad to see that the library has that's another pair. That was a pair. That's a paradigm shift for them, too, because libraries had a reputation of sort of the elitist kind of thing. You know, mm. not everybody felt comfortable going in there. Right. You know, you had to be quiet. You remember the little old librarian and stuff. And so now they have found a way to revitalize themselves. That's mm-hmm. good.
0: Yeah, I think it's good. That's a good thing. So what do you guys think then about the Vindicator
2: closing? I was I was kind of shocked. I was I was kind of shocked too although I mean I'm not in in print media but but this is a family owned newspaper and I'm just Thinking there have been a couple newspapers in Ohio, Mm -hmm. Canton Repository, I think for one they the cost went down. I think weren't they bought up by one of the major news outlets or whatever? And I was thinking that well at the last minute that somebody was going to come in and buy the Vindicator, but it doesn't doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So what what's your thoughts then, Mark?
1: Well, first of all, you have to understand what the function of a daily newspaper is in the community. I worked at a daily i don't necessarily have the capacity to do what a daily does a daily goes to school board meetings they go to council meetings they and i'm not saying that i can't do that but the likelihood because i have a smaller staff the likelihood of me doing that isn't as great but you know there are also they cover the courts Mm
2: -hmm. they
1: on a daily basis are covering things like you know like the police blotter stuff you know that could in some cases show a larger social problem. I think. I think one of the things, and, and this is this was a change though too that happened in the newspaper industry is that most obituaries used to be written by staffers at a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Now it's paid advertising. Ooh. So people write, or the funeral homes write for the families. You know what, what appears in the paper, and then they pay for that that
0: oh, okay. that
1: space that's in there. If you can imagine what the opioid epidemic would have, how we would have oh. been able to track that 30 years ago when it was a newspaper writing it. It's now people don't have to disclose the cause of death. Yes. So, you know, there are all these ways that people describe how someone died. Mm-hmm. and But you see some certain clues, and I think if you work in healthcare and you're in that environment, you can when you see someone see. that's in their 20s yes. that died at home... You know, you kind of wonder what happened, but uh, and years ago that would have been a good way to see emerging health issues. Okay. And, you know, and so with the loss of the vindicator, you'll you'll see that apply to other things too. You'll see that you'll maybe see crime that's happening in a community not covered as robustly anymore. Okay. But a daily newspaper has a very important function, mm-hmm. and it's not nobody should feel happy that a daily newspaper yeah. is, is gone, because mm-hmm. the other thing that has been studied is that communities that don't have newspapers have higher costs for things like governmental, some governmental things, because of there's not that scrutiny anymore of, oh. of how things are awarded, you know and things like mm-hmm. that. So it's not a good day, but some of the factors that affected the decision to shut down the Vindicator were outside of their control you know with social media and people going away from buying the, the daily paper but when you provide something for free and you have no paywall why would you why would you subscribe to it why would you pick it up mm-hmm. so you know a lot of newspapers not only the vindicate a lot of newspapers made that mistake you know one of the newspapers to really address that right away was the wall street journal you know you right. you, you can't get it for free you know mm-hmm. you, and the new york times and others the wall street uh, and Australia then when you the subscribe,
0: post. you got to pay to have that 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 subscription now. Yeah. Even on your phone, and mm-hmm. I know with the Vindicator, they were online, but yeah. it's I think that's going away too, right?
1: Well, it will, yeah, because there's nobody producing yeah. the news anymore. But the other thing too, though, is you look at how people share things. If if you share the news from the Vindicator, then you're not going to buy it. If you, mm-hmm. and, you know, right. people have all these media partnerships too, where. They share news with like things like WYSU or somewhere else. Well, if you're getting the news in the morning, why would you buy the product? You know, And so in some cases, yeah, right. they, they created their own problem. They kind of
2: did. Because mm-hmm. I have to pay for the New York Times. You have to pay for the Boston Globe. You have to pay for USA Today. You have to pay for Washington Post. Yeah, Washington Post. All this, those are, like and, the- and that's costly. Mm-hmm. And they missed the boat. Yeah, because even with the
0: New York Times, I can share up to what ten, mm-hmm. and then they block you. Then they block you. Yeah, they, yeah, and they yeah. say, okay, well, you got to log Boston in. Boston Globe the, is right. the same way,
1: right? But but in but in the defense of the vindicator, though, too, okay, is that they were also a victim of market factors, where, you know, a lot of newspapers were cutting. Cutting staff, cutting photographers, shrinking their newsrooms. And also, people were putting their advertising dollars elsewhere. One of the things that really affected a newspaper was when Craigslist came around because classified advertising was a big part of a newspaper's Mm -hmm. income. And this is the other thing, though, too, that most people think that, well, you know, your 50 cents or your 75 cents paid for everything, but no, it was, it was the advertising they paid for. It was classified advertising, it was display ads, and then also a big part of the, the, a newspaper are the legal notices too. So mm. the largest circulating paper in a community generally got you know had the, the legal notices. Mm-hmm. Those are very lucrative, but when they lost the classified advertising and when people started putting their money elsewhere, it happened all over the country, and a lot of daily newspapers really you know, took a hit from that
0: with all of this and the the news and the news media especially in our area Youngstown we know that some people probably going to some of the news people going to take up the slack who are they talking about i think what what's the name wood what's 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 her, what's her paper andrew wood yeah business journal yeah yeah but i was trying to figure out now that you explained that the difference between a monthly and a daily mm-hmm. Hmm. That's gonna be tricky, huh?
1: Well, it's gonna be very tricky because if somebody thinks, you know, and, and all right, I did say that obituaries are a big, you know, a big part of it's 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 ad space, really, essentially. Mm-hmm. If someone does that, part of the reason why people want the obituaries is because you know they lost somebody, but part of it is news. You know, you people want to see when the services are, when the right, calling hours exactly. are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not going to take very long for, if somebody really screws that up, people are really going to be angry because they're going to not know, like, they're going to not know when someone, you know, has passed. True. And and the other thing too, though, is that traditionally when a newspaper had someone writing obituaries, it was sort of, you yeah. know, the, the, the entry level stuff. I mean, it was very important to be accurate at, in any department of a newspaper, but you're Key staffers weren't writing obituaries. It's generally, you know, someone on a lower yeah, like part. maybe the intern. Yeah, stuff, okay. well, or, or somebody was, you know, j- had just started maybe. Or okay. In some cases, it was used to punish people though too. They <laughs> they farm them out. <laughs> Eek. They'd farm them out to obituaries to get, to get rid of them. Oh. Wow. You know, Eek. <laughs> but, but with that said, though, too, is that if a publication is going to dedicate that staff to doing obituaries because it's going to bring revenue into them that they're going to have to hire somebody or dedicate somebody to do that exclusively. Because Mm -hmm. you can't mess that up. Mm -mm. You can't mess that up. And I think what will happen, though, is that Mm -hmm. it's more than likely another competing daily will pick up and expand obituaries because they already have that apparatus in place. Okay. Mm but you're not going to look for obituary information in a publication where you don't expect it to be.
0: Like, yeah, like a business, like business journal. journal. Yeah. <laughs> now,
1: you would, you might see a business obituary, somebody prominent in the business community, you'll see okay, their okay. obituary mm-hmm, there. Okay. Or maybe you'll see a suburban newspaper covering, you know, maybe the deaths in that township. Okay. But as far as filling that void I think it's premature to say that anybody's you know can can do that and some people it's not appropriate for them to do that so I think a lot of the you know a lot of the what's going to happen in the future is really up in the air Mm. but you know there are I mean there are people have asked me what I'm going to do yeah and I I say that you know I'm thinking about what I'm going to do and I I need to continue to provide what I do, but I also have to adapt to address what's lost. Hmm. Mm. You know, and so I, I really I can't do everything that a daily did, but I have to add. something yeah something yeah that that would be relevant to that well
2: you've had a model that's worked what 27 years so that must be creating a little bit of angst to be able to have to change your model which has really worked for 27 years
1: i don't know if i'm changing the model it's just it's just a matter of tweaking something adding adding something like you know one one thing that i I thought of is that i i have provided non-partisan voter information okay but it's more it's more like knowing when the deadlines are, where to go to register if you're new mm-hmm. and that okay. sort of thing. Okay. I don't know if I want to get into the idea of profiling candidates because that's really, that's like a whole different right. level of, 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 of things to do. And and there are there's the League of Women Voters that's, that does it. And to be honest, though, I don't know if, if people really, the majority of people would think that you know if they saw an endorsement, and i never have never done endorsements too because okay I, mm-hmm. but I, I think that publications that do do endorsements uh-huh. people are suspicious of why they're being endorsed anyway, and they, and they a lot of people just ignore that
0: yeah. why okay yeah, they
1: ignore it anyway so but with that said though there there are a lot of things though that that the Vindicator and daily newspapers do that are very important in the day to day information cycle that we have but fortunately we have we have a number of news stations a number of mm-hmm. you know the television stations mm-hmm. We have that. We, we have that for news, too. So those are supplemental things, though, too, mm-hmm. that will, will keep us informed about things.
2: I think, too, it, for me also, it's just the touch and the feel and the thing of, a, of, of reading the newspaper. It's sort of like, you know, I've sort of gone back. You know, there was that era where books on tape and books on the iPad and all of that. But I think some people have gone back to just wanting to the, the touch and the feel of a book. And the touch and the feel of a newspaper and just sitting down and flipping through it and getting through it, I think that's one Mm, of the things that I'm going to miss.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting, though, because a couple months ago, somebody sent me an email, Mm -hmm. said he picked up the publication, first time he saw it, he picked it up in Boardman at, at, at a coffee place, and he said where can I get, find this all the time? Because I like the feeling of being able to, you know, to to page through it. And, you mm-hmm. know, I mean? and there is a very personal relate. And this is the other thing too, though, that this is the, like the intangible thing about the loss of the vindicator is that people have a very personal relationship with the daily newspaper in their mm-hmm. town. They have a love hate relationship mm-hmm. with it, but they also have a very personal relationship with it. And it's that, that idea that you, you are picking and choosing to read on your time, what you want to read. Yeah. And this is the other thing, too, about, and I, I'm a print guy, but mm-hmm. I also understand, you know, the social media yeah, and, sure. and all that mm-hmm. is a fact of yeah, life. Yeah, you
0: have your, you did advance and evolve where you have your Metro Monthly on the yeah, website. On, yeah, on the
1: website. But one thing I've noticed in, in just in recent years, though, is that mm-hmm. there's so many things now that you can't even read, because what they've done is they've made your smartphone more sensitive. To things that could be activated, advertising—you know, things that will take you somewhere Mm -hmm.
2: else—that
1: it's it's more sensitive now, and there's more advertising now within each story. There was one time last a couple years ago, I sat at the library in Warren, and I was I was reading a magazine, and I thought, you know, there's there aren't any pop-ups, like nobody's Mm -hmm. nobody, (laughs) nobody, (laughs) nobody nobody's nobody's interrupting me, right. And, you know, and that's the thing, though. And the other thing, too, I think there was a cartoon. It was like a New Yorker cartoon that said—it was like the New Yorker. It may not have been them, but they said, you know, when you're on social media uh, and you're reading something— then you have like fifty comments about someone telling you how much of a how, how much of an idiot you exactly. are. Because because <laughs> Yeah. Or, or or there's someone trying to refute that, you know, mm-hmm. what you just read. Yeah. And I think one thing that's lost mm-hmm. when you don't read it in its physical form, you don't digest it in the same way. Mm-hmm. You don't right. you don't think about it. What you get is you get some people telling you how to think about it on a right. when you're in a social media format.
0: We're just so happy that you came. This was a great show. It was cause, a great show. Because we learned so much about timely, about the, you know, the paper. Too. You know, you never, you take that stuff for granted. Mm-hmm. But a lot of this is, is planned for us. I want you, as we close, I want you to tell people and share with us, how can we make sure that we do get the appropriate news, that we're not dealing with fake news, and how, how should we read these news stuff?
1: Well, I don't want to tell people what they should read because I think people should read what they are interested in, what they enjoy. Okay. But I think too, though, that you know you have to be very careful about sources for things that appear to be questionable. And I, I, even if I agree with it politically, if something is very strongly partisan, Mm -hmm. I don't really want to read it because Mm -hmm. I think that I'm being manipulated with that. Mm, Right, okay. But, you know, when you look at, if you consider the amount of resources that somebody puts to gathering the news and reporting on the news and how serious they are about it, I think that's a good indicator of how you can, if you can trust it.
0: All right. Mark, how can people, you know, subscribe or get in touch with you and then the Metro Monthly? How do they go about that?
1: Well, I'm, I circulate in two counties, Trumbull and Mahoning County. I go through large venues, either, you know, like universities or hospitals or libraries, small businesses, mm-hmm. but also in, in heavily traveled corridors of the community. And I also try to reach underserved markets okay. though mm-hmm. too yes. so mm-hmm. i distributed wrta and places mm-hmm. like that okay but I mean, i've always had that idea that i think that everyone that wants it should have it. To- I see access. you at the
2: JCC when
0: I come out from exercising. Uh-huh. In the morning. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, well, that's awesome. So thank you, Mark.
2: Thank you. This is great. Okay. Thank you.
0: Now, this is our show, D, So do you have any tips that we should think about? I
2: don't know. I mean, this has just been so great because it's so timely. You know, I would probably be biased because I am just a news junkie. And, um <laughs> probably need some psychiatric help you know some points that I think the last point that Mark brought up about you know trying to I like that about if something is really strongly partisan one way or the other maybe kind of look at it with the jaundiced eye Mm -hmm. and you know as opposed to those that seem to be a little bit weighted on both sides that's kind of an interesting concept I don't know if we can find it all the time but I like that in other words be open-minded
1: yeah of right.
0: what you read, and then also figure out where the source is exactly. from.
1: Exactly. But also, I think you need to consider whether it's news or opinion. Yeah. Right. And you know, the opinion's fine, and opinion can be as strongly worded as mm-hmm. as it needs mm-hmm. to be. But you have to determine whether or not it. it is this news being spun into being opinion yeah. right. and I think that's what's happened in a lot of cases which
2: is why a lot of times the op-eds in the New York Times have kind of turned me off lately because some of the mm. authors are a little bit one there was there's I won't mention his name but I really used to like to read his stuff read his columns and stuff and now they're just so opinionated I mean I know this is an opinion but it's just so over the top okay. that it's just kind of turned me off so you're right um, everyone is stressed <laughs> you know, everyone, Yeah, it's they're, true. They're, they're pushed
1: to the Break, they are. The push the break. Yes. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Mark. And as always, for more information, go to our website, com. Remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook, and share with us your thoughts.
1: You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks Bright. Vicky Doe is owner of Vicky Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com.